0: Welcome to this podcast for established coaching businesses that crack the marketing code and are now dealing with growth pains and operational challenges that hinder profitability and growth. Hi everyone. Today it is my pleasure to interview Janice Lakeman. She owns a web consulting company helping company with, uh, helping coaching businesses with website design and strategy. And today we'll talk about operational inefficiencies and some hacks to streamline your processes. And data organization and handling. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thanks for having me, Natalie. I'm excited. So, we decided to narrow down this topic a little bit more, specifically talking about memberships, either when coaching businesses decide to introduce uh, memberships or th- when they already have a membership, but they're looking to make it more scalable because there are so many businesses that come to us as well and they have inefficient data processing or inefficient ways of handling that. And let's say they have a hundred or a few hundred people, and this is just not scalable. They already hired people to do some manual data entry work. And like, this is at the point where, okay, now we know that it should be done easier and better, but we don't know how. Exactly. Have you had experience working with that type of companies?
1: Yeah, totally. Where maybe they are thinking about starting a membership or they have started one, and there's just data, client information and payment information in multiple places on multiple tech platforms. And they're like trying to get a big picture view. And it's really hard because all the information is split in multiple places. And so, like you said, they're doing data entry to try to see, like, it, just to try to make up for the fact that there are inefficiencies in that system. And it's it just slows them down so much.
0: What is the ideal way of having... Both the processes and the tech stack, some of the inefficiencies that we see, and what is the ideal way of actually having this all set up so that it's nicely humming and everything works and portion where we need to do something manually is minimized?
1: Yeah, totally. One of my clients has their email list, their CRM data in Entreport, which is like a, a CRM plug, a CRM software that is pretty popular for memberships. Because it's really powerful and you can take payments through it, but maybe they like just didn't think about that or they whoever built their membership site just didn't know it. And so they built a membership site with a plugin that also takes payment data and manages subscription. You can manage subscriptions through that plugin that plugin does integrate, that software does integrate with their CRM, with Entreport to take payments through Entreport instead. But maybe they just didn't know that. And so they start, now they have subscriptions going through not only this plugin, but also through Entreport. And like, so they have to remember, oh, wait, do I log into the membership site to manage this subscription? Or do I log into entreport to manage this? And oh, it's just like so messy. And It doesn't have to be messy. It can be easier. It's a matter of knowing the tech stack and knowing how to set it up efficiently.
0: Majority of people that we talk with, they have either Entreport or HubSpot or Infusionsoft. Where do you see majority of your people come to you and what would be the most streamlined efficient way of setting those things up so that a couple of years down the road, we don't need to come back and say, okay, now we need, those things are broken and we need to fix it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would just say, Making sure that whatever payment processing CRM client storage system you choose, whether it's HubSpot or Entreport or Infusionsoft, those are kind of like the big three, that you just are consistently using that. And you're not introducing other like Thrivecart or Access Alley membership and, and you're not introducing these other ways of taking payment that then move the payment data off into another onto another platform because then like we talked about, it's just gonna get lost. If you try to compensate for that by like, oh, I wanna put a tag with the clients that are managed in Thrivecart or whatever or whatever, like it's like, oh no, that's that's just trying to compensate and it's handicapping you from really being able to have efficiency and and the least amount of data management headache in your business.
0: Pick any of those systems you can continue with entrepreneurs, for example, since that's what you're starting with. What is their ideal way to have All of those things set up and knowing that specifically in coaching businesses, they have both one-time payments, they they have multiple installments, they have one payment and then six additional installments, or they have just membership like ongoing monthly. How to keep all of that in one platform, in one dashboard so that it allows us to do so many other things like post-marketing campaigns, running reports and things like that.
1: Yeah, so... It's going to depend on how you're taking payments. And you may have to create like unique products. Even in Entreport, I think you have to create a unique one for each type of payment. It can feel a little bit messy, but I think what helps to get clarity on that is having good documentation for your CRM, whether it's Entreport or another one of the others. I just did this for a client a couple of weeks ago where she was struggling with understanding okay, what are all the tags that I have in my CRM? And what do they all mean? And when do we apply them? She used to know that information. But now that like her membership has gotten bigger and there are more automations, she was just like, oh, wait, I'm forgetting what tags go with which thing. So I made a spreadsheet for her. It's amazing how much time it can save you when all you have to do is just be like, oh, what was that tag for again? Which payment method did that tag mean that someone made? I'm just going to look it up really really quickly in that row on that spreadsheet and it has the name of the tag and a description and even you can like list what automations that tag is connected to like when did that tag get added to that particular person after what payment they made so having good documentation for your CRM is really useful and another thing with Entreport that I have found particularly useful is we actually have only one automation for each product. So like, let's say someone has a membership, but they need to be able to handle not only the onboarding part of, of of the client experience, but also like if the payment needs to be revoked because the payment failed or there are other like types of automations that happen within the whole payment processing realm inside of Entreport. And so what we do instead of having a an automation for onboarding and then, oh, another automation for if their payment fails and they have to revoke access and all of that, we actually put it all in one big automation map. And that and this is kind of getting a little bit in the weeds here. So, but like what that does is it makes it so much easier to manage where a client is as far as have they just made their payment or are they in the payment revoked portion of the automation, like it makes it a lot easier to see and you always know where to go to edit it.
0: I love it. But then the most efficient is such a vague term, and you don't know what you don't know. So how do we actually know that, okay, this is the most efficient? How should it be, I guess? And let's see, let's continue using the, the example of entrepreneurs, for example.
1: You don't have to hire a consultant to give you the most efficient way to set up automations, but someone on your team should learn the most efficient way to use the tech stack that you are using, right? Like... So that they can help you make processes for setting up automation. I know a coach that she's like, oh, I spent a ton of my money last year on hiring consultants and it didn't actually pan out. So I'm always a little gun shy saying like, oh, hire an entrepreneur, a consultant or an Infusionsoft consultant to help you set up the most efficient systems. But that said, like, if you're using a tech stack, like you need you or someone on your team needs to know how to use it really well. And so. Making that a focus, I think, is just important.
0: And in the beginning, doing things manually is actually, I'm all for that. Like in the beginning, right? Like when you need to know, okay, where are our lower skin at first? Like we're doing lots of things here or in this area so that you know what is actually worthwhile to automate. Because a lot of the times we also had someone who would come and say, okay, I'm going to spend two weeks planning the automation and they would create like 50-step automation that is not really necessary, okay? (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just talking to a client about this a couple of weeks ago, because she is hosting a retreat in the next couple of months. And we were talking about like, oh, you know, how she could set up an automation so that when they pay, then they get a confirmation email. And then how should we set up like an automation to nurture them until the retreat starts to help them get excited about going? And then then I kind of stepped back for a second. I was like, wait, how many people are you going to have at this retreat? And she was like, oh, it's going to be like 10. And I was like, then you should just have the payment form send you an email when someone signs up and then you manually email them and then don't send them an automation afterwards. Just like put them all in a Vox or chat or something and like type them that way and then they can all talk to each other. Anyway, yeah, like totally you don't need to over automate, especially when it's small numbers at first. And then but I told her if you do this more, if you do more retreats, and you're having like 50 people come, of course, we're going to automate it. And we're going to know exactly how to automate it because you've done it with these small numbers for a little bit and you know exactly what how you want to nurture people. Something that I do a lot is I just ask my team. I'm like, hey, what are your biggest pain points when you are doing anything in the business? Like managing client data or for us, we design and develop a lot of websites. So like you know, and we maintain them. So, like, for example, last week, um, tried a new way of, like, updating all of our client software. And I I made a point afterwards, after my assistant had used that process a few times, just to be like, hey, how did that go? And she was like, oh, it was actually really great. We just might want to tweak the process in this way so that it's better next time. And if I hadn't taken the time to do that, I wouldn't have known If it was working or if she was happy with it, because sometimes our team just they're just focused on the day to day or they don't want to like rock the boat. And so they don't say anything when what they're doing is could be so much more efficient if we just took the time and they and we helped them take the time to actually look at it and help them see, oh, we are willing to change. We're all in this together. We all just want our business to function the smoothest that it possibly can. And when they know that, then I feel like they're a little more willing to kind of raise their hands and be like, hey, like, I think we should do this a little bit differently. You know what I mean? So asking the team, I think is really helpful.
0: Bringing the conversation a little bit back towards what we started with, and that is we talked about potentially narrowing down, talking about specifically memberships. Anything else where you'd say we can talk about the most efficient way of running a membership, either a membership website Or like a membership back
1: end? You know how many people I've talked out of building a membership site? I have a lot of clients that are in all phases of business. A lot of them are doing one-to-one coaching and they're just a little smaller. Some of them are doing small groups and they don't have any kind of membership site component. Maybe they just have like a Slack or a Facebook group that they run a community on. But then they just have all the calls like on Zoom and they post the replay links in the group, in the community, and they don't have a login for a membership site. And then there are others that are have a full-blown membership site with it's a month-to-month month subscription and they post replays and call schedule and all kinds of things on it. And it's so funny because so many people are like, oh, bigger is better. Like, I want to have a membership site because it's going to be easier to sell <laughs> or it's going to be the big money maker And it's like, well, it can be, but... It depends on what do you like doing more in your coaching business. Do you like the efficiencies and the processes and the teaching and the marketing and the running of a team more? Or do you like coaching more? Because when you start doing more small groups and memberships, you're coaching a lot less, but you're doing those other things a lot more. And so if someone is like, oh, no, I really love the teaching and the marketing and I love the team and I love like having this big system that I get to organize. And then I'm like, "Okay, great. A membership could be a great fit for you. Don't fall into the trap of like bigger is better. It's just always what I have to say first about memberships. But then if someone already has a membership or they're like, I have decided that I want to start one. And now I'm looking at the best platform when people ask me. Jenny, I want to hire you to make me a custom WordPress membership, which I do. I always just tell them, like, do you need a custom WordPress membership? Because it's going to be a lot more work and cost to build and maintain than something that's a little bit simpler of a platform, like like a Kajabi. If you need something that's just simple, then some of those other platforms might be a better fit. But if you need something that's super custom, WordPress would be a good fit, even though it's more of a hassle to build and maintain. So.
0: So let's talk about bringing an additional platform like a Kajabi. And we talked earlier today about like, do you need to add additional piece of tech? So it looks like we are at, in this point, we are at an additional piece of tech. So how do we make it connect and work seamlessly?
1: Yeah, I think at that point it becomes a a question of migration. So like if someone is looking at Kajabi and they're housing their email list, which is their, that's all their CRM really is up at that point is is just a list of kind of names and emails. If they're housing that in something like MailerLite or ConvertKit or kind of one of the smaller email marketing softwares, and they're like, oh, I'm getting ready to start a membership on Kajabi. What I would encourage them to do is just, okay, then you just need to migrate your whole list to Kajabi. Like that's going to be the simplest route. (laughs) Some of them don't do it. They keep their list, their marketing list in a separate like convert kit or whatever. And then they just have their clients in Kajabi, which I think is okay for the short term. But when you really start looking at scaling, like it's going to be so much easier just to have it all in one place.
0: Do you have an ideal tech stack for established coaching businesses? They have membership and they have multiple things to set them up for success and get ready for scale. In my experience,
1: there's no amazing CRM that's just like, Works for Everyone is the gold standard. Like they all have pros and cons. And I actually have a client that is in the membership space and she's like building a software for her own business to manage CRM data. And she's like, I know this is going to be what I'm selling in five to 10 years because she wants it to be amazing. Anyway, like coaches need this. They need this amazing software and there just isn't anything out there right now that is really fitting the bill. But Entreport is at scale, a, a good tool. I don't hear as good of things about Infusionsoft. <laughs> and then HubSpot is good too, but they can be just overkill for a coach that's like just kind of starting out with a membership. So that's why I mentioned like Kajabi or even if they just need something that houses like course modules, a platform like Thinkific or Teachable could do the job. They're not quite memberships, but um, they are minimum and mi- like kind of minimum viable baseline. And like we just talked about Starting really simple until you know exactly what you need the tool to do can be really a great. What I've seen for my clients that are a little more at scale, they started with entreport on Access Ally, which is a WordPress membership plugin. And but they don't take payments through Access Ally. They they just use it for the Access part and they use the entreport for payments. So those two things. And it just keeps it really simple.
0: Nice. Jenny, thank you so much. Where can people learn a little bit more about you and connect with you? Yeah, they can connect with me on my website. It's just
1: JennyLakenen.com. And I'm on Instagram too. Awesome. I'll chat with you soon. Thanks, Natalie.